At Get Elected, we want to put a thousand voters in the pocket of every Republican volunteer in Pennsylvania. The Get Elected app is packed with incredible voter outreach tools, including detailed voter profiles, municipal level analytics, walkbook maps, and more. Now available for pre-order. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. Folks, it's one o'clock on Saturday. You know what time that is. It's time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, joined by my trusty sidekick, John Schneider, and our dazzling producer, the fabulous Daryl Grandy, the guy that makes all the magic happen. I can tell you, I am so excited about this show today because we have a couple of great guests and we're going to have some great conversation around politics here. The last weekend before we go to vote on Tuesday, you know, to turn this country around. Our guests include former Congressman Keith Rothfuss, who is my congressman, congressman in the 17th Congressional District. And we also have a gentleman here who's uh, I've had the opportunity to meet a few times before, who is a true, true patriot, comes up from Texas, leads a group called the Mighty Texas Strike Force to come in and help us in these critical elections. And that would be Rick Potter. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Great to be with you, Sam. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I'll tell you, is, is, isn't this exciting? I mean, you can feel the energy on the ground here as we as, as we ramp up to Tuesday. Well, you I mean, have a feeling just as as politics go. You you felt these things happening throughout the last forty years when you sense a wave is building. I certainly remember nineteen eighty, the first time I voted, uh, and I, I remember a week before the election, things just came together. It was right after that debate where Ronald Reagan and Jimmy Carter had it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, things the whole country was going red. You remember 1994, the Gingrich Revolution, 2010, we, we had a, a huge wave year. And we saw it go the other way, too. 2006 was a tough year, and, yep. and 2018 was a tough year. But this seems to be like it's shaping up to be a very good year for Republicans across Pennsylvania and across the country. Well, Keith, that's a, a great perspective on what's taking place today. Rick, what are you saying? I think I've, I've never seen our country in worse shape than I'm seeing it right now, mm-hmm. and I think people are fed up. And they are not going to take any more. And I think it's going to be a very good day for Republicans on Tuesday. Well, you know, I, I hardly agree here. I think, you know, uh, Keith and I had the opportunity to join former Speaker Newt Gingrich when he was in town earlier this week for lunch. And we talked to him. And he believes that this weekend here, folks, is going to be a bad weekend for the Democrats. I don't care if Barack Obama and Joe Biden go to Philadelphia to try to help John Fetterman or if they come to Pittsburgh. This is going to be a bad weekend for them. And you know why? Because families are going to the grocery stores. Moms are going out there to shop for their week's groceries for their kids, for their families. And they're going to be reminded front and center of just what inflation is doing and how it's ravaging the family budget. I'm just going to the gas station. I mean, even I, you know, sometimes I just fill my tank half full because the idea of putting that much more, and I'll be back three days later to put another half tank in, but it just, to see the amount of money that we're having to shovel out, whether at the grocery store, whether on our utility bills, whether at the gas station, you know, Rick, I do remember things, how bad they were in 1979 and 1980. I remember the gas lines. I remember the interest rates being through the roof and everything gelled again at the end of October, beginning of November, you knew something big was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's very similar to what we're seeing right now. What's different, though, between now and 1980, you have a governing class right now 
that just insist on, on pursuing these policies that they believe are going to work, but they're not. The failures everywhere, around the country, around the world even, and looking at the, what's happening in the international space because of the failure of American leadership, mm-hmm. uh, whether what's going on in Ukraine, Russia, global energy supplies. It's different this time because, again, this governing class is just so intent on forcing their view of the world on, on, every, on everybody. You know, I agree with you. I think another issue is what's happened with, with uh, oil and gas. And I'm like, you know, being from a petroleum state like Texas, it's crazy to see them shutting down the production of oil here, here in the U.S. And, and then we're going overseas to some of our enemies to... to Begging the dictator begging in Venezuela, us. begging yeah. OPEC, uh, whereas we can actually do it right here. Uh, uh, it, 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 again, the, uh, the, the war on energy, the war on American independence in energy mm-hmm. is breathtaking, but it's, it's driven by this philosophy they have that the left has. Well, I think when we talk about these problems that this country's facing today, I mean, Rick, you talked about it. You said you can't remember seeing it this bad. Well, that's shared because 72% of the, the public believe that America is headed in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And that's why I believe Democrats are going to face a big rebuke at the polls here on Tuesday. But also one of the challenges they have is inflation. And energy plays such a big part of that inflation and these high energy costs because of the policy decisions made by the Biden administration, you know, and even made by Tom Wolf. Mm-hmm. Here is the governor of Pennsylvania trying to put us into Reggie, okay? Mm-hmm. All of these Reggie things are Reggie being this, this regional, regional greenhouse, greenhouse gas, gas initiative, initiative right. which is a compact of, of northeastern states mm-hmm. that, are gonna dr- that are driving up energy costs right. for, for I, factories. People's electric costs are they, going up 30%. If you have a choice between running a factory in Pennsylvania or running a factory in Ohio and you're looking at your energy costs, mm-hmm. you're going to Ohio. No, absolutely. Uh, um, so we want, it, we want those jobs here. We want those factories here in Pennsylvania. But I think... Here's one of the differences I see today. You know, in in previous administrations, there was no doubt that the president was the man in charge. Mm -hmm. That was the person making the decisions and guiding, you know, the policy. And that was driven because they they won an election and they wanted to win re-election. Here, I don't believe President Biden is actually running the show. And he's surrounded by so many of these far-left ideologues. Mm -hmm who I don't believe live in the world of reality and recognize what they're doing. Like, like, like you know, when Keith and I, when we talked to uh, the former speaker, he said, he said that these folks, like, they come out and try to destroy the oil and gas industry and then act shocked, you know, that we get less oil, less oil and gas and the price goes up. Right. Okay? I mean, it's just, it's insane. And to understand the investment that's happened in western Pennsylvania, what Shell did out in Beaver County, Mm-hmm. With, with this brand new facility, it's it's uh, Rick. It's a petrochemical plant uh, okay. that's going to take advantage of the abundant natural gas here and uh-huh. and and create plastics for the plastics industry. Six billion dollar investment, six hundred full time jobs coming online right there in Beaver County. It, it, it could be a, a complete revival of manufacturing in Western Pennsylvania. There could be more of these plants coming online, but not if you're going to shut down the oil and gas industry. It's not going to happen. Right, and you've seen these people demonizing that plant and the investment here, and saying we don't want no more pet, we don't want any more petrochemical plants in Western Pennsylvania. It's, it's like, almost are you as insane? If, it's as if they want those jobs overseas. Yeah. is what they're saying. Yeah, it's it, it, it's absolutely incredible, and. Uh, you know, when uh, Keith was referring 
to the cracker plant there. At one time, we had over 6,000 construction workers on site at the same time building that plant. I mean, it was incredible. It's taken years to build, just now coming online. And I know as a councilman here in Allegheny County, I'm very excited about the opportunity because we believe that a lot of downstream businesses are going to move here, you know, so, so they can be so close Sam, to the feedstock and create, you know, good, good paying jobs with family sustaining wages. And yet we're faced with these folks who are resistant to any I, type I was, of progress. I was in Baden last week and it was uh, just past dusk. It was dark. And I looked in the Western sky towards the, where the cracker plant is and I saw the glow of lights mm-hmm. and it reminded me of as a kid you know at night when they pour the yeah. do the pours in the mills you'd see mm-hmm. the, the skies light up at night yep. a- and to see this after you know 50 years of not having those kinds of plants around this is very significant for our region and a lot of wealth is going to be created as a result of the manufacturing that we can be doing right here mm-hmm. But you, get, you look at Washington, D.C., you look at the policies that the far left wants to do and, and, and the demonization uh, of free enterprise, of capital formation, looking to raise taxes, looking to choke us off with regulations, having the That's Securities exactly. and Exchange Commission come up with things that they're not authorized to do, that the, the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, all with this woke uh, capitalism that they want to force down uh, the American economy's throat. Meanwhile, that y- 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 you're guaranteeing driving capital off off mm-hmm. offshore. Well, see that that was my point earlier when I brought up about you know Biden being surrounded by ideologues that are creating these policies. <clears throat> see, when you're an elected official, many of these folks you they it's in their nature they want to win re-election, so their behavior and the things that they do in support is moderated by what the public is willing to accept or what's good for the people. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, these people aren't accountable to anybody. Mm-hmm. Most folks don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're just making policy behind the scenes. And Joe Biden is just going along with it because he's sitting in this echo chamber and somehow thinks these and, things and are, re- troubling are, is are okay. The, and the policies, so it's wrecking the country. The policies are promoting our fantasy. You know, President Absolutely. Obama, President Obama had his clean power plan which was going to be the the touchstone, right? Well, it would lower global temperatures at best to one-hundredths of a degree by 2100 at tremendous cost to our economy and at tremendous cost in American jobs and American competitiveness. Mm -hmm. There's a reason uh, that, you know, being from, I'm from Austin, Texas, and there's a lot of companies that are moving to Florida, moving to Texas, uh, you mentioned Ohio, there's a reason. They're tired of the regulations that are being shoved down their throat. And they come to Texas because there's no state income tax. I mean, there's a reason that, uh, those companies are moving. And I think people are fed up with it. Well, listen, there's no doubt about it. Whether it was, you know, the clean air plan or the waters of the United States, whatever that, that garbage bill was, that if you had a rain puddle on your property, you know, the EPA could come in and tell you how to, what you could or couldn't build mm-hmm. right. on the property you owned, right? It was insane. These things all get struck down by the courts, but it took 10 years right. to make many, much of this stuff happen, you know? So, I mean, we, we can talk for days about how screwed up the policies coming out of Washington are today, as well as out of Harrisburg, okay? But on Tuesday, the people here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and all across this nation are going to have an opportunity to rise up and say enough. Mm-hmm. And I feel, I feel it in my bones mm-hmm. that they're ready to do so. I think they are. Uh, 
and, and we've just touched on just a few of the issues. I mean, what about uh, illegal aliens crossing our, our southern border? And, and I, I just can't believe that this is not just a trickle of a few hundred people. This is 1,200 people a day into El Paso. Imagine yeah. if, if in Pittsburgh we had to have the social services network available for 1,200 people every single day coming across the border into our town. The strain that puts on border communities. And, and Kamala Harris, vice president, it's the borders are. Has she been there? Has she been there and, 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 and gone and seen the tragedy and the exploitation of these individuals, mm-hmm. who each of them who cross the border have to pay thousands of dollars to the evil cartels who are trafficking them across the border, and if they get sent back, guess what? They have to pay the cartels again. Mm-hmm. Well, you I mean, you bring that up, and you threw out the number twelve hundred. That's just in El Paso. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, there's no doubt this country is being invaded. It is. Okay. Uh, as we we've had millions of folks cross the border, and and I think one of the eye-opening things for people was when Governor Abbott, you know, uh, took and started sending busloads of some of these uh, illegal immigrants to some of these sanctuary cities like uh, New York, you know, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. Right. And to see Muriel Bowser, the mayor of, of Washington, D.C., come out and claim, you know, for a couple hundred, we can't handle that. This We're not set up for this. Well, how does she think these small border towns yeah. in Texas in Del Rio are prepared for this? Well, the other thing, Sam, it, it, again, people who want to come to this country, they see something about this country. This is the country that the far left, the radical left, has been demonizing for years and that we were evil when we were founded. Yet for some reason, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people want to come here. They're they're caught in this contradiction uh, um, uh, of who this country is. And again, I think you look at the woke education that they're trying to get into our schools, Mm -hmm. uh, teaching our kids to hate our country, to hate each other because we're going to break everybody up into your skin color. Look, Martin Luther King, one of my heroes, talked Mm -hmm. about people being judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. I had, I had a, a good friend who was a chaplain at Ground, Ground Zero, a chaplain, African-American gentleman, who told me that he saw on September 11 the fulfillment of Martin Luther King's dream of people being judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin, because on, on September 11, everybody at Ground Zero was the same color. Yes. They were all covered with this ashen gray. Yes. Uh, um, that's what we need. Look, this is still the best country in the world. We are blessed beyond measure uh, because of the foundational principles mm-hmm. of this country. But you have a far left that has just demonized that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I you know, it, it's, <clears throat> you know, uh, it, someone said that the left, it's not an ideology, but it's become their theology, okay? And they're turning this into the church of wokeness, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, to, to some folks might also say that there's a certain degree of mental illness mm-hmm. here involved because with this wokeness, you're supposed to believe that a man can become a woman? But there's also a paralysis of, of getting things done. You know, what Dr. Oz did over in Philadelphia, walking through the Kensington open-air drug market, himself taking four people into rehab. I was in Uptown here in Pittsburgh just yesterday. God bless this poor soul who was on the sidewalk. You know, she needed help. This is happening all over with the the, the fentanyl crisis, the opioid crisis. 
Um, we need to find solutions for people. We need to be encouraging our faith-based organizations to mm-hmm. get engaged instead of, like, our, our, you know, Attorney General Josh Shapiro decides to go after faith-based organizations such as Little Sisters of the Poor. We need more of these faith-based organizations who are going to be in the fight, in the game, trying to solve people's problems. Well, That's where right. I was going with that, Keith, was that I believed that the Democrats and the left have turned this wokeness into a theology, mm-hmm. their own their church, so to speak, okay? It's one of the other reasons why they're trying to tear down every other one of our institutions. They're trying to tear down our traditional faith-based institutions. They're trying mm-hmm. to take and tear down our history, you know, by removing symbols, you know, of the past. Robert E. Lee, well, though he served, you know, in the Confederate Army, was recognized as a brilliant strategist, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, by folks. Keeping monuments to these people isn't a monument to what they did wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a symbol of our history, both good, bad, and ugly. And we get to teach so that we our never kids. Repeat it. And exactly. we get to teach our kids about that. Exactly. When when I see a Confederate flag, I tell my kids, "We won the war. We live north yep. of Mason Dixon Line. You know, you know, we're the ones who 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 you know fulfilled the vision of the founders by by enabling uh, that the, the principles of the Declaration. This is all Abraham Lincoln, the founder of the Republican Party, and and what he talked about in the eighteen fifties. Uh, we have a proud heritage here, and we have to defend that heritage and and, and make sure that we have as many people as possible who th- understand the nature of this country. I think there are people out there that believe that woke philosophy. That they would say, let's change the name of Washington, D.C. Let's change, yeah. let's get rid of the Jefferson Memorial, yeah. even the Lincoln Memorial. It has gotten so. But out I want to go, again, go back to you know the, the paralysis of these folks who, who would pr- pr- promote these ideas. You know, no jails? Really? Oh. Abolish jails? <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. let me interrupt you there, okay? Before, because uh, right now here in Pittsburgh, you know, in the city of Pittsburgh and Congressional District PA-12, there's a congressional race between two candidates. One is a Republican, Mike Doyle, a 17-year uh, Plum Borough councilman, spent 13 years there as a president, and his Democrat opponent is a woman by the name of, a state representative by the name of Summer Lee. Summer is an avowed socialist, and directly to what Keith was saying, She's somebody that's come out and said we need to defund the police. We need to abolish prisons. We need to abolish, get rid of the borders. And to understand, you know, what happened you know, within the Democratic Party, there is this, we still have some conservative Democrats left. And not just conservative Democrats, there are other regular Democrats who are alarmed by this socialist drift. I'm reminded of the, the mayoral race in Buffalo last year. You had a four-term yep. African-American mayor, uh, Mayor Brown, was defeated in the Democratic primary by a, by a hardcore socialist. Well, Mayor Brown saw this was the wrong direction, so he had a write-in campaign on general election day. It's almost impossible to win a writing campaign, mm-hmm. yet he won a writing campaign over the, 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 the winner of the Democratic primary. So as people take a look this weekend, as they kind of figure out where they're going to head on, on Tuesday with their vote, to, to understand the radicalness mm-hmm. of some of these Democratic positions. Um, I, again, I'm going to go back to Philadelphia and cite what's happened there over the last six years. 2,500 murders. Mm-hmm. You know, you have DA over there who would not prosecute gun crimes. Mm-hmm. Our General Assembly in Harrisburg passed a law giving the Attorney General, Attorney General Shapiro, express authority to go after gun crimes in Philadelphia. And he said no. 
He said no. He put out a tweet on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote a column about this uh, uh, in Penn Live uh, last week. Mm-hmm. I read that op-ed. Um, great, great op-ed. So, uh, again, if you're concerned about safety, if you're concerned about crime, all too often here in Pittsburgh we're seeing it, the shootings on the north side, uh, it, it's tragic what's going on. Well, it, it, it touches all aspects of the criminal justice system if we start to get into this, okay? Because, you know, we talk about there was a shooting on the north side here a couple of weeks ago in which two innocent women waiting at a bus stop. Mm-hmm. One waiting to go to work, the other waiting to go home to her family, were were murdered, mm-hmm. were killed in an you know uh, uh, an avalanche of bullets, you know, by these uh, bad folks, bad folks, right? And it shows the police arrested them here on I believe it was Wednesday of this week, and the one kid, okay, the one guy had been in trouble before. He had been in multiple incidents. He had shot up Ross Park <laughs> Mall. Mm-hmm. I mean, these people shouldn't be on the street. But what you have is you have a criminal justice system. It's not taking and teaching these young kids a lesson. It's not taking and holding these people accountable. It's just putting them right back out on the street. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a district judge who told me, you know, they don't want us giving anybody monetary bail, cash bail. Yeah. They want you to just let them go. Give them a slap on the wrist. And, and, you know, the district attorney here, you know, Democrat Steve Zapala, but I've heard him say multiple times, you can't coddle criminals. Okay, so when I get back, when I start talking about the things like it doesn't make any sense to me, how the left can take and try to destroy the uh, oil and gas industry, mm-hmm. then act shocked that there's less oil and gas out there. It's the same thing with crime. Mm-hmm. They want to let everybody loose. They want to let everybody out. They want to do empty the jails. And then there's like sh- shocked that we have more crime in the streets. Mm-hmm. You know, and our, they, one of the Senate candidates here, Keith, you know, in uh, Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, perfect example of this. I mean, this guy wants to empty the prisons. He said they could take and let out 30% of the people in prison, and he said it wouldn't have any effect. He wants to get rid of life in prison for second-degree murderers, okay? <clears throat> you know, how, how do you do that? He's hired two former convicted murderers on his campaign, mm-hmm. and he wants to take and take shots at the Republican candidate, Mehmet Oz? Yeah. you kidding me? I mean, there's a lot at stake on Tuesday. Republicans and independents and anybody that's sane— and believes that this country is not going in the right direction, needs to go to the polls and say, enough. Yep. We need to turn this thing around. Yeah, and in their world, they want they want to force you to buy the car they want you to buy. You know? yeah. And they're not, you know, we had this hurricane in Florida where all these electrical vehicles were ruined. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, a lot of other vehicles were ruined too, but, but uh, uh, the environmental catastrophe that these vehicles can produce when they go back to the landfill or batteries or whatever. Yeah. Again, they live in this world it's a will-to-power world where they can just dream up their next plan and force you to do it rather than having a free exchange of ideas and, and letting the market uh, address a lot of this. What worries me, one thing that worries me is with my own kids, I feel like that they have been in an, an environment in their <coughs> school system that they're trying to brainwash the kids and push a certain philosophy on them and get them to buy into it. And it, it really disturbs me. I was in Virginia prior to the elections uh, 18 months ago when Glenn Yonkin was elected right. governor. People there agreed with, with what I just said. I mean, they say enough is enough. We want to get back to, you know, math and English and science. And let's, let's quit trying to brainwash our kids with all this wokeism. And it's just pathetic. I, I think if I had it to do over again, I might have my kids go to private school if, the, if they're going to be exposed. If you could afford it. If I could afford it. You know, it. we have very expensive property taxes yeah. here in Pennsylvania. And it's a lot on a family. Parents definitely have to have a say in their education. I know that the, uh, Kevin McCarthy with 
part of their parents' bill of rights that they want to put through next year is to do exactly that, make sure parents have more of a say in the education of their children. Yes. Well, that's something that we certainly have to do. And I mean, you know, I heard Dr. Ben Carson was out speaking at an event who talked about that really the education system, these folks have dumbed down, you know, America. And, mm-hmm. you know, we sit, folks will say, oh, no, no, that's not true. Well, hey, all you have to do is look at any of those man-on-the-street interviews yeah. where they ask. People don't even know who the vice president is. <laughs> you know, they don't know who How many we members fought. Of the Supreme Court. <laughs> right, they don't know who we fought in World War II yeah. or, who, or who, you know, we declared independence from. With the Declaration of Independence, okay? <clears throat> this stuff isn't being taught. And, and I think a lot of this is on purpose. You know, uh, the left wants people to look to government, you know, for their direction, you know, for their sustenance, whereas the right, we believe in the power of the individual. We believe in merit. You know, we believe in American exceptionalism. And it seems like... We you know, also it, believe that people are a lot more capable of doing things. President Bush, uh, President George W. used to talk about what he called the soft bigotry of low expectations. I frankly think it's a hard bigotry of low expectations where where the left will just write off entire groups of people saying, oh, they can't handle it. Let's do everything for them. And then you leave a very disillusioned uh, uh, group of folks who have been robbed of a lot of dignity. And we have to be the ones who who stand up and say, no, you can do this. And yes, we're going to have government that shows you the the way. In our education system, we should be fostering that kind of knowledge and virtue where people can pull themselves up. No, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, Keith, you and I are both of similar age, and we grew up during the Reagan years. You know, he was the one that took and turned around what many viewed as America's decline. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and created, you know, morning in America. Okay. And I want to talk more about that in the next segment here. But folks, we got to take a break, got to pay the bills. This is The Elephant in the Room. I'm Sam DeMarco on WJAS 1320 AM. Midterm campaign season will be over before you know it. Take a small step now to get ready for those critical 2023 school board and municipal elections and help a great cause at the same time. Pre-order your annual subscription to get elected before the end of the year and we'll donate $5 to Folds of Honor chapters across Pennsylvania. Visit thousandvotersinyourpocket.com to learn more. Folks, welcome back to The Elephant in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM. We were just having a conversation in the last segment with Rick Potter uh, from the mighty Texas Strike Force up here from Austin, Texas, and former Congressman Keith Rothfuss, you know, long stay, long time stay in mainstay in the district here. Former congressman of the 17th congressional district. Actually, actually, in the old days, it was the 12th. The 12th, right? Then it went. Well, the 12th. That's when you had Johnstown. They they decided to play legislature and and drew a set of maps, and uh, here we are. You know, Keith, these these Supreme Court justices should stick to the law and stay away from redistricting. Well, there is a case pending. There's a case pending in the United States Supreme Court looking at right now. The the uh, when the Constitution, our federal Constitution, talks about state legislatures being responsible for the conduct of elections, which includes drawing district lines, whether uh, you know courts can be involved in that process. So that's mm-hmm. uh, stay tuned on that one, and we'll see you where see. the court's going to go. Well, you know what, folks, as we as we again looking forward to Tuesday, election day here across this nation. You know, uh, we were just touching base. You talked about these court cases, and so oftentimes we find ourselves having to go to court and praying for relief from some of these crazy decisions or things that are done by left-leaning politicians in the states. When here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania on Tuesday, the power is in our hands. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity, if we go to the polls 
and we show up in force and we vote for our candidates. We send Mehmet Oz to the United States Senate. We send Doug Mastriano and Carrie Del Rosso to Harrisburg and the governor's mansion. If we elect a Republican House and Senate here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, if we take and send Jeremy Schaefer mm-hmm. and Mike Doyle to Congress in Washington, folks, we have the ability to begin to turn this thing around. It doesn't have to be this way. Just two short years ago, two short, less than two short years ago, when Biden came into office, you know, inflation was at 1.4%. Gas prices that were two dollars and, and and thirty six cents a gallon, you know we don't have we didn't have the problems, you know we we were respected around the world. The border was the secure. border was secure, and you know when we talk there about the border. There was not a, 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 a new Russian aggression in Ukraine, which has brought untold misery and tragedy to that country. Uh, Russia would not have invaded uh, Ukraine if we had had a president who was sending out message of strength and and we're we're paying attention we're watching. They're taking advantage of the situation because they know how weak he is. I you know what I I don't want to be alarmist here okay, <clears throat> but I do I do worry about what's taking place in Ukraine and Russia right now, and that's because Russia has you know over five thousand nuclear warheads. Mm-hmm. All right, we've seen. The, their military basically falling apart here in the Ukraine. And I worry about what happens here. You know, as we get, uh, we have to be careful. I mean, I'm just, I saw something the other day that said American boots are on the ground in Ukraine. You know, providing them support material-wise is one thing. Mm-hmm. Putting American boots on the ground this is, is different. completely different, okay? I, I worry about Vladimir Putin and his desperation because it's also – Rumor that he's yeah. ill. Well, he, he grossly miscalculated what he was going to do. But again, go back to before the break, you mentioned Reagan. Um, Reagan understood peace through strength. Mm-hmm. After the debacle in Afghanistan, uh, and we can't, again, one of the issues that you know, we're all focused on inflation, on crime, critical issues. But there's also this issue of accountability. Uh, will you have a government right now? That is simply unaccountable. The tragedy of what happened in Afghanistan last summer. 13 service uh, um, members killed. Were, 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 if you read the right, and I read open, open source materials. This wasn't classified. Um, but there were folks who knew how quickly Afghanistan was going to collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, our government ignored it. They gave up Bagram. They thought they could evacuate out of Kabul airport. They cre- this led to all kinds of chaos at Kabul airport. 13 United States service members, including 11 Marines, mm-hmm. were killed. Uh, uh, dozens, if not more, more than 100 Afghan citizens yes, more than 100 were, 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 were killed. Yet there has been zero accountability for that. You know, it was a complete failure on the part of the Secretary of Defense, the, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the, the Commander-in-Chief. Zero accountability with a Republican House and a Republican Senate. We're going to start to get some answers about what happened there. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that needs to happen. We need we need oversight. I mean, we need to look into this thing. I mean, I, again, it sometimes you can almost feel overwhelmed by the sense that everybody's against you. It doesn't necessarily mean you're paranoid, okay? Because as we've seen with this cabal of big tech, you know, the government, mm-hmm. the Biden administration politicizing, you know, and weaponizing all arms of the federal government yeah. to go after they're supposed opponents or enemies, okay. Mm-hmm. okay? You have a media 
that, I mean, my gosh, not only are they covering for Joe Biden, his cognitive decline, but if anything couldn't be clear what they've done for John Fetterman here in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I mean, you saw Dasha Burns, the reporter from MSNBC, did an interview with him about a month ago and came out and said, hey, I had a conversation with this guy. I don't have a feeling that he understood what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And she was savaged and attacked, yeah. you know, by other reporters. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Because they don't want to report the truth. They do right. not want to report the facts. You know, we had this tragedy in August where my friend Jackie Walorski, congresswoman yeah. from Indiana, yeah. was killed in a car accident. And a, and a month later, President Biden is at the White House at, at a hunger conference that Jackie was helping to organize. And he was looking around blankly, blankly, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Right. Yeah, yeah. It, and it then is he so will, sad to see this. That is very sad. And then after he, he says these things, he will look straight in the camera and lie. And just does not even acknowledge that what he was saying was, was a slip of the tongue or something. That, but it was really... He, he just completely seems to me that he he doesn't have a clue of what's going on. Well, see, Keith and, and, and Keith and Rick, that those are good points there. But when we're talking about him, you could almost look at him and feel sorry for him mm-hmm. because you say, hey, here's a guy who's you know dementia or on the verge or suffering from it today, has this cognitive decline. But then he turns around and goes dark Brandon on everybody, mm-hmm. right? And comes out with these divisive speeches. Mm-hmm. Where you know he claims that democracy is under attack, and you know you need to keep the same people with these authoritarian tendencies, and that are censoring you know uh, the information well, that the and, public and, and gets. You're talking about political violence, you know, having just completely dismissing what happened in the summer of 2020 with the routine excusing of political violence, even by Speaker Pelosi, who flippantly said people are going to do what they're going to do. You know, there were federal properties across the country being attacked, police officers being killed, uh, uh, Maxine Waters saying, get into their face. Uh, uh, Kamala Harris advocating bailing out protesters in in Minnesota uh, to then say, oh, this is, and I remember Steve Scalise being shot by a Bernie bro. Right. Uh, um, What about Lee Zeldin just being attacked? By someone and, tried to and and, and Governor Hochul up in New York saying I don't know why you're <laughs> concerned about this issue of ca- uh, cash. Well, number one, I was stabbed. Number two, there was a a shooting on my front lawn that my teenage daughters had to hear. Yep. And then you just had uh, I think it was last night, up in uh, New Hampshire, you know, uh, senatorial candidate former General Don Bolduck, yeah, you know, was attacked. Someone tried to punch him. You know, on his way into the debate there. Okay. <clears throat> You know, what's crazy is all this violence has been going on and the left doesn't say anything about it. Look, you had a guy that wanted to assassinate Justice Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. captured outside his home with a gun. You have pro-life pregnancy centers and churches being attacked, mm-hmm. yet you have Catholics being raided by the FBI uh, uh, for, for protesting at an abortion clinic. This is the weaponization, the politicization of, of, of these federal agencies in addition to excusing the violence from the left. And, and that's why people have to go and say enough is enough. You know, throw these guys out of office. I, I can't believe that we have a situation like Justice Kavanaugh where he's, he's very fortunate that he wasn't seriously injured or killed. And... Uh, then we have a situation like 
Nancy Pelosi's husband is uh, attacked out in his home, which I, I, first of all, let me say, I, I think that's terrible what happened to him. And we, we should be not tolerating that. It doesn't matter whether it's the Republican side of the aisle or the Democratic side. But I don't see them reciprocating on, on the Democratic side when these things happen. I mean, they, well, they should be saying this is wrong. This is not a party issue. This is wrong. Well, and but, I don't know if, it, if it's a question of whether they want the police around, but it is, to me, inexcusable that the Speaker's house, whether she's there or not, is not covered by armed security, armed police, Capitol Police, 24-7. She is a target for espionage. Mm-hmm. You could have any number of foreign countries yep. trying to get into the house to plant bugs. You could have uh, uh, terrorists. You could have uh, um, extreme... Te- we, we know that terror people are crossing the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to, to, to have the third person in line, or second in line, after the vice president, it's the Speaker of the House in the line of succession, mm-hmm. to not have that home under constant uh, armed protection is unconscionable to me. Well, I mean, you know, for com- for countries that want to commit acts of espionage against us, you know, they don't have to break into her house. They can just become her chauffeur like Diane Feinstein, Feinstein right. who had a, sh- a Chinese spy, uh, you know, as, as her chauffeur. Or they can just sleep with a sitting congressman, as they did with Eric Swalwell. Yeah. Okay? No, I'm, I'm making light of this, but the, the, the point is this, all right? We need to get back to where we have the ability to debate ideas in this country and, and, and debate them on the merits of the ideas and not uh, in any way sanction or support violence. And I know that, you know, folks on our side, at least anyone that I've been around or talked to, doesn't support those things. We wish, you know, Speaker Pelosi's husband the very best. But, you know, they have to, it's not a matter of, I should say, reciprocating, but you have to be consistent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Speaker Pelosi that refused to hold a vote in Congress to allow uh, security for the Supreme, the Supreme Court. Court justices. Okay? Right. Folks, you know, our our leaders, you know, being an elected official is not a day in the park, okay? Um, And these people, whether they're on right, left, whether I agree with them or I don't, many times they're trying to do the best that they can, you know? And they certainly shouldn't be subject to to any acts of violence, them, their family, or, or anyone else. And I think that's the one thing we should all be able to agree on. Absolutely. So what do you think happens Tuesday, Keith? What do you think happens uh, House and Senate? I'm optimistic that the Republicans are going to have sizable pickups in in the House. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, the Senate looks like it's moving in in, uh, the Republican direction from the polling I've seen this weekend. Uh, so I'm I'm very encouraged that we're going to see some pickups across the country, not unlike we saw in the wave years of 1994 and 2010. How about you, Rick? What are you seeing on the ground? Uh, I'm seeing about four states that are really where the whole election is going to be decided as far as the Senate race and uh-huh. the Senate. Um, I, I think it's very possible that we're going to have a runoff in Georgia. Uh, I feel good about uh, – several states, including Nevada. I'm feeling really good right now about uh, Arizona. Um, and I uh, feel like as far as Pennsylvania, it has gotten ex- extremely close. And I think when the dust settles that uh, the Republicans are going to win that Senate seat here 
in Pennsylvania. And yeah, there were just Oz some, is going to win. There were just some polls released today, mm-hmm. and it showed just a dramatic turnaround. Yeah, you know, and Doctor Oz is now in the lead. Yeah, you know, in both of these polls, and they made some significant progress from the past. And what was interesting, this is how the media tries to create their own narrative. I saw something the day before yesterday claiming that polls had shown that Fetterman's disastrous debate appearance, okay, hadn't changed any minds. Hmm. And then you have polls dropping today yeah. from the Wall Street Journal saying, oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Did. And they saw also some- seen, it's pulling a significant shift among suburban women. Um, again, they're, they're seeing the crime. They're seeing the cost. And it, it, I, I got to say that I've seen some, some of the campaigns from the Democrats are simply insulting and offensive with this this uh, abortion hyperbole, um, assuming that everybody is walking lockstep with them for late-term abortion, abortion until birth, uh, pain, abortion when babies feel pain. Look, th- th- this is a very sensitive and and, and uh, issue. But you know, to 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 run a com- campaign nationally like that's your sole issue when there are other issues that people are very much concerned about. Uh, um, yeah, look, we have a, a Senate race here. Uh, we have congressional races in Allegheny County, the Senate race. We have the governor's race. Um, if, if you're concerned about the crime issue, if you're concerned about unleashing Pennsylvania energy, there's really only one person to vote for for governor, and that's Doug Mastriano. Yep. Uh, Josh Shapiro has not shown uh, uh, when he had the opportunity to, to, to stop uh, uh, the, the regional gr- greenhouse gas initiative. His office had to, had to, to pass on that. It's held up in court right now because there are problems with it. Um, but when you decide as attorney general to go after Catholic nuns who take care of old people, or if you criticize an agency in Philadelphia, uh, the Philadelphia Catholic Social Services, who are working to place children in foster homes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're showing an intolerance that is just not consistent with the founding of this commonwealth by William Penn and why people settled this commonwealth to begin with. No, I'm, I, absolutely. Go I'm ahead. feeling like uh, there's some other places that are very interesting seeing what's shaping up. New Hampshire. I think New Hampshire could end up falling in the Republican column. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Lee Zeldin is going to win governor of New York. Uh, I also think uh, in Michigan— that we're getting ready to have a Republican governor in Michigan. And in Oregon, which is, hasn't seen one in a long time. So there's some very favorable things happening. I even am excited about to see what happens in Washington State. That mm-hmm. race is – Patty Murray was way ahead about six weeks ago, and it is really like a dead-even race now. Yeah, Tiffany it, Smiley's doing a phenomenal job out there. Yeah, I got, yeah, to, I, get, I got to meet Tiffany's husband, who lost both of his eyes uh, uh, yeah. in the global war on terror. He is an incredible individual. Uh, great, he has a great book, uh, um, Sight Unseen, I think is the name of it. Just very inspiring uh, about, about his comeback after that uh, almost unimaginable type of injury that yeah. he had serving our country. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You, you have to have a tremendous amount of respect for our men and women in uniform. You know, and the people that have gone off and served this great country. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very happy to see that the Republicans have a, tr- a large number of veterans, both men and women, that are running for election this year as candidates. And, you know, it goes to show, I mean, I've said. You know, one thing I haven't heard, Sam, much out of J.D. Vance is his Marine background. He was a Marine. Mm-hmm. So if those <laughs> listeners over in Ohio 
Uh um, that's a that's an important part of JD's. He, he certainly needs to be bringing that up. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot of stuff is is on the plate here. It's on the table, and and we can affect the change, but we have to go to the polls and vote. I mean, we have a state senate race here. You know, it'd been a long time, long held Republican seat that was lost back in 2018, and now Lori Mizgorski, you know, state representative after redistricting is now challenging the incumbent, Lindsey Williams, you know, for that seat. And we're very optimistic that Lori's going to be able to pull that off. You know, I have a uh, former colleague, you know, Cindy Kirk, served with me on Allegheny County Council, is now running for, for state legislature in the 30th. Cindy the nurse. State you know, district. I can't think exactly. of a, a better person to have in that seat representing the North Hills. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, Cindy, Cindy will do, she did a great job on council. Yep. And I think she'll do a great job the state representative there in the 30th district. You know, we have a lot of good folks out there, you know, and it's just a matter of, hey, can we take and get the support for these you people? Know, again, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put a line. plug in for Val Gatos, my state rep. I'll put in a plug for Rico Elmore, who has done tremendous work over the last year in Beaver County. Um, and the way, you, you know, shoe leather matters, the doors he's knocked. Uh, last time I checked, it was 13,000. I don't know if he's going to hit 14,000 oh, doors, yeah. I, but I, he's just an, an incredible young man. i tell you another interesting story about this election. is I think there's a wave sweeping through the Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. They're, they are moving to the Republican Party. I, I was just in San Antonio five days ago campaigning with Cassie Garcia, who's running for Congress basically on the northeastern side of San Antonio. Yeah. And there are three, at least three congressional races in South Texas that I think we're going to pick up, all three with outstanding female Hispanic uh, candidates. Well, no, yeah, I, I, think, I think we're Democrats misjudged here. You know, they came out and they used to talk about how, you know, uh, the Republican Party was made up of white men, a majority white was our demographic, and that, if things change in this country, demographics shifted and we're going to change and we were going to become the minority. <clears throat> However, I don't think they ever paid attention to how important the family is in our Hispanic communities. Okay. And their attacks on the family, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to destroy the nuclear family it, it isn't something that goes, goes well. I mean, these people, what I've seen from many of the immigrants that have come here to this country that are Hispanic have a tremendous work ethic. They do. You know, and uh, again, you know, the Democrats were hoping that they would be able to attract people who would rely on them, you know, for sustenance or for support and that they would be able to count on them for their votes. And I'm telling you what, I bet you in the back rooms, Keith, where those folks, you know, do their planning and scheming, they got to be, they got to have some heartburn because they completely misjudged this as well. Well, folks need to get out and vote. It's uh, a lot of work has gone into the the uh, elections this year. Of course, everybody's seen all the ads, the tens of millions of dollars that uh, has been over the top. That's a completely different uh, story. Um, but there, people have websites. Candidates have websites up. If you're uh, talk about it with your neighbors, and and uh, I think people know that we're heading in the wrong direction. It's time for a, a course correction. If you would like to learn any more about any of our Republican candidates you can go to our website at allegheny.gop. You have the ability to research the candidates. We have all of the candidates' pictures. And if you click on their picture, it takes you right to their website. 
So we're happy to do that. And if you'd like to learn more about the Republican Party in Allegheny County, when you go to our website, again, that's allegheny.gop, it says join now. Just put in your email address and you'll be signed up for our newsletter. And you'll get our newsletter in a week. Well, it comes once a week. We're not going to bury you with a bunch of stuff, but it sort of keeps you up to the breast on the events and the happenings of the Republican Party here in Allegheny County. Folks, listen, get on board. Because come Tuesday, we're going to make it a statement. We're going to take this Commonwealth back. you know. And again, we're going to act on your behalf. That's the people of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and try to take and pass and implement policies that are going to once again lead to prosperity and lead to better lives for you and your families. So, you know, again, can't say it enough. Tuesday, you have the opportunity to make a difference. Now, hey, that's for all you folks who are going out to vote in person. Here it is Saturday afternoon. If any of you people still are holding on to your mail-in ballots, oh, you're giving me heartburn now, okay? (laughs) They should have been returned long ago. But you have a couple choices. One, if you still have your mail-in ballot, please, please complete it and then take it down to the county office building located at the corner of Ross Street and Forbes Avenue in downtown Pittsburgh. There's people there that man man a Dropbox that will allow you to take and deliver your ballot there. Or you have the ability to take your ballot to the poll and turn it in to the judge of elections for him to spoil and then allow you to vote. But in order to do that, you have to take the entire package there. Not just the ballot. You got to take the secrecy envelope. You got to take the declaration envelope, the whole shoot and match. But if you take that in to the judge of elections, he'll then give you a ballot and allow you to vote on in Tuesday. But it's important that you do vote. Again, this is a, a right that we have. It's a privilege for us to be able to go out and vote and to have a say, you know, in how our community is governed. And you have an opportunity to play a role in that on Tuesday. So again, For the ninth time, please go out Tuesday and vote. Keith, what would you like to say in closing to our folks? You know, uh, politics politics is a tough business. You know, you you, you see the ads, you see the the mailers, you see the statements people give on TV. If you do have an opportunity to meet one of the candidates, um, you should just tell them what's on your mind. And candidates are human. Politicians are human. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for a uh, good story to hear how things are going in your family. We should not be intimidated by talking to our politicians. We are, do have live in a country that's supposed to be government of the people, by the people, for the people. And so everybody should feel empowered uh, as they do talk to their representatives and people running for office. Um, share your ideas. Uh, they matter. Rick, what do you have to say in closing? What do you want to say to, the, to our listeners here in the Pittsburgh metropolitan area? I say uh, America is a great country. I never dreamed that we would see the damage done to the country in the last 24 months that we've seen. And it is clearly time for a course correction. Let's take America back to, to its golden years and let's, let's recapture this country. And, and I encourage everyone to get out to vote. Well, thank you two guys for joining us on the show. Folks, this is Sam DeMarco signing off on the elephant in the room. When we get back next Saturday, you'll know the results. Well, maybe, because this is the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. (laughs) But we'll see. Look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great weekend. Goodbye.